Oh, 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 this is Santa. My good social acquaintances Luke and Don have organized a very special treat for you, their one listener. A Christmas-themed episode of What's That About? Unfortunately, this episode isn't any more interesting than usual. In fact, there's a very good chance it may actually make your Christmas worse. So, keeping that in mind, I recommend pressing the stop button and spending some time with your family. Or failing that, just spending some time sitting on the couch looking at your phone. Merry Christmas! Done. So it's the non-ratings season, so we thought we would crack out a Christmas special, Things You Didn't Know About Christmas. Mm-hmm. You, are you a big fan of Christmas, Don? Yeah, moderate. I don't mind it. Moderate? Good food, presents, family conflict. What's not to like? <laughs> <laughs> um, I bloody love Christmas. I've got, got a theory about why Christmas is so good. My theory is it's the only day... That unites at every level. So if you take uh, Australia Day, that only unites at a national, at a nation level. If you take a birthday, that only unites at the individual and family level. Christmas, that's significant for the individual, the family, the community, the nation, the globe. It's like it means something to everyone at every level of society on the one day, and that's the only day. That's true. However, according to Facebook, two weeks before Christmas is one of the uh, prime times for couples to break up. So, happy, uh, Merry, happy Christmas. Uh. <laughs> doesn't unite everyone, apparently. But no, I did actually read it's got the a dark same thing. Underbelly, I think. Christmas Day is the least likely day for people to break up, according that to true. that same survey. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll take a point back then. Thank you very much. <laughs> so it's evened out. It's You're just, just blaming December generally, not Christmas. Yeah, the, that's uh, true. Christmas Day, most protective day of the relationship of the calendar. I reckon it's just the stress of having to buy a present. You know how when someone, like I don't know about you, but I I find giving and and receiving presents very stressful. Like at one level, it's like, do I have to give one? Are they going to get me one? Because if they get me one and I don't get them one, that's that's just awkward. Like that that's stressful enough. Yeah, that does happen. Oh, that's awkward. Or if someone gets you something which is shows that they don't really get what your interests are or vice versa, it's like this massive comment on the quality of the relationship. Like, you didn't know me at all. Have you had a present recently from someone who you're just like, what? Why are you giving me a present? Well, not. I don't really know who listens to this podcast and who doesn't listen to no this podcast. No one listens. No one. <laughs> Unless you're talking about me. Then... <laughs> yeah. uh, no comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I did actually, now that I think of it, I once got given, it was essentially a a kit of colognes and creams and it was like a metrosexual bag of goodies. That's a, that's a reference from the 90s, metrosexual. <laughs> Finger on the pulse, like. It's a <laughs> metrosexual. <laughs> It's kind of like a snag type of thing. Uh, 
And I just thought, that's one of two things. That's either a complete misunderstanding of the kind of present I would like, or it's just a massive hint of, you gotta, you got to sort your game out, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you, the suggestive present. As a- <laughs> yeah, that's possibly more likely. Yeah. <laughs> but, so when it comes to Christmas... Things we didn't know about Christmas was the brief for this episode. Hit us, hit us with something. What is something I didn't know about Christmas? All right, I've got one. This one is uh, in Japan, people traditionally eat at KFC for Christmas dinner, thanks to a successful marketing campaign 40 years ago. And it's, KFC is so popular on uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day that people have to place their orders two months in advance. Really? Yes. The Colonel has done some good work in Japan. Go the Colonel. I don't know how that happened. McDonald's tried to replicate this with, uh, instead of Happy New Year, Happy Meal New Year, but uh, I made that up. Eh, it's not that funny. Say- <laughs> it sounded too that incredible. Wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't funny enough to not sound factual. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> I expect to get headhunted by McDonald's any moment after that <laughs> idea. That was great. <laughs> um, that's not a bad little fun fact there. Yeah, not bad. What else you got? Uh, I've got an artificial Christmas tree would have to be reused for more than 20 years to be greener than buying a freshly cut tree annually. That's interesting. Yeah. So everyone thinks they're doing the right thing by getting the... And we've always had fake Christmas trees. And I've Growing got a up, fake yeah. Christmas tree. Growing up, we did. It's like two camps. You're like a real Christmas tree family or a fake Christmas tree family. We shifted to be a real Christmas tree family when I was an adult. Really? Do you get the tree and then drive home with it strapped to the top of your car? Because if you don't, I'm not interested. Thanks. I do. And I also put some like wood panel down the side of the car. Yeah. Good. Just so it's very Chevy Chase kind of inspired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, have um, you stayed strong with the plastic? Yeah, we're very strong with the plastic. Just, I don't know why. Yeah. Just, it's just greener, you know. It's just better for the environment. <laughs> I read that it, uh, the, the average Christmas tree, like the one that I've got in my lounge room now, would have to it has to grow for about fifteen years until they chop it down and sell it at Christmas. So there's a there's a fair life cycle to a, a Christmas tree, which get used for a month and then discarded. Yeah, fifteen years just for a month's use. Okay, what else you got? Okay, so the Nazi Party tried to turn Christmas into a non-religious holiday celebrating the coming of Hitler with St. Nicholas replaced by Odin the Solstice Man and swastikas were on top of Christmas trees. Really? Yeah, so they completely tried to Nazi it up. I don't think it ever took off. And then I think they re- when they started losing the war, they stopped trying to push it on everyone and they started just trying to win the war instead. That's, a, that's bizarre. It's bizarre, yeah. Um, you've got some good obscure facts here. Didn't you have any of these? No, none at all. Okay. I think I've gone about this quite differently. I've got another war reference here. So it's quite famous. It's not really funny, but during the Christmas of 1914, during World War I, um, in the trenches, a truce was held between Germany and the UK and they uh, they decorated their, their trenches and then they sort of exchanged gifts and sort of played a game of soccer. It's really quite a famous thing. Pretty cool. Mm. One of the you know most extreme wars in history. And yeah, it's a nice... Yeah, I've read about that one. I think that was the last time that there's ever been kind of a pause on war for a little bit of kind of camaraderie. I think that was the last the last time that happened. But whoever started it off, that is the boldest move in the history oh. of Christmas. I think they started singing carols first and then this guy just walked over and 
I don't know, just started, kept on singing. Yeah, he would have been bold. shot these days. I can't imagine him. You can't tell me yeah. he wouldn't have been taken out. Oh, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. Taken out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got that from uh, Van Damme. <laughs> One of his movies. Um, I read a article where some researchers tried to do some statistical modeling around like what actually is the spirit of Christmas. And they arrived at five factors that explained the spirit of Christmas. Presents. First factor. Shopping was a factor. I guess that's r- mm. related to presents. Yep. Bonhomme. What is which that? Which is one of my favorite words. Bonhomme <laughs> is like a, a cheerful friendliness. Ah. I like a that. Bon- bonhomme. I love a bonhomme. Secondly, gay abandon was the other factor. Love gay abandon. It's a little bit close to Bonhomme, I think, gay abandon. No, no, no. Completely different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a Bonhomme novice, obviously, because you... <laughs> You're throwing around your Bonhommies with gay abandon. That's oh, hey. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> Third, or uh, fourth, ritual. And lastly, a little bit of dejection. Was dejection, the, really? The stinger in the tail there. What's that I think, about? I think because it's such a hyped up day. I don't know about for you, but for me, that after you've opened the presents in the morning and before you have your main meal at lunch, there's a period from about 10 till 11.30 where you're just kind of wandering around the house. You don't know what to do. Eating a few cashews. You sugar through the roof. You just <laughs> you don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. You try to get a few games going, but it's a bit too early. Yeah. You just bonhomied out, basically. You bonhomied out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, that that to me that there's a little bit of a little bit of a letdown in the Christmas day and that and that period. Yeah, and yeah, you know, when you're a kid and you're so hyped up, when you're a kid, Christmas is the best. Mm. And if you don't get, you know, you think the presents aren't really up to scratch, you, you get a bit of dejection at the end. You're just like, oh, yeah. this is a bloody Christmas. Yeah. So a a factor analysis of the Christmas spirit. I'm not going to make my top ten research studies, but it's it's not bad. It's not bad. Not bad. Um, I've got another one. About half of Sweden's population watches Donald Duck cartoons every Christmas Eve since 1960. Half of the population? Half of Sweden's population. I don't know what that is. Moderately large, but good to see Donald Duck's relevant somewhere because he has dropped (laughs) off the radar. Um, He really has. His nephews have just completely taken over. (laughs) (laughs) And his uncle, Scrooge McDuck. The lack of being able to speak, I think, held him back. He couldn't yeah, yeah. really take off with his career. Plus, the fact that he doesn't wear pants, it's not helping the situation. He just wears a waistcoat. He can't pull that off anymore. <laughs> In the 60s, the swing in 60s, that kind of stuff would fly. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Too much gay abandon in the pants department for, yeah, uh, good. for Donald. <laughs> I've got another one. You know, there's a lot of rumours going around about how Santa's red costume was invented by Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that is false. There's a long history. Apparently, the original Saint Nick was a bishop, and bishops used to wear red robes. And over time, there were kind of different depictions. But for the most part, it was an old dude wearing a red robe. Um, and I think in the early 1930s, um, Coke was, you know, figured out they weren't selling much soft drink in the winter months. So they did a campaign using this Saint Nick character. And the artist that drew that did kind of define the current look of St. Nick, but that was pretty much just 
the classic Saint Nick. The costume was already there. Mm. The, the beard and the hair was already there. He just kind of puffed him up a little bit. Yeah. So it's mostly false. Um, and that's apparently has been a really, they ran that for like 40 years as a really, really effective advertising campaign. Yeah, that's interesting. Because th- there is always Coke around at Christmas. So they've done a good job. Yeah, they've branded themselves pretty well with Christmas. Mm. Not like KFC in Japan. That's that's, no, no, that's no. next that's, level, but yeah. it's pretty good. The other thing about the actual, the real Saint Nick is he isn't just the Saint Nick for Christmas. He's also the patron saint of banking, pawnbroking, pirating, butchery, sailing, thievery, orphans, royalty, and New York City. <laughs> You've just said thievery and orphans right after one. He's stealing children. What's <laughs> St. Nick, what's going on? Taking them to New York City, butchering them, and taking them to a pawnbroker. It's just a... That's odd. That is odd. That is weird. Kind of in that theme, in Iceland, uh, there's not one Santa, but 13 Santas, and they're originally depicted as the sons of two children eating trolls. So these two trolls that eat children had 13 sons. They became Santas. That is really bizarre. That's weird. Yeah, that's, that's too many Santas. <laughs> that's exactly that's a, way too many. Okay, here's one. In North America, children put stockings out at Christmas time. In the Netherlands, they put out shoes, which is rubbish because basically you're just basically guaranteeing that you're going to get socks. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put shoes out. You're going to get socks. It's obvious. <laughs> yeah, you're either going to get socks or you're going to get people putting their keys in your, in the toe of the shoe and then going to the beach. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's all you're gonna get. <laughs> I was like, unless you've got massive feet, so you're either Ronald McDonald's or Ian, <laughs> Ian Thorpe, then you're gonna <laughs> you're limiting your presence pretty significantly there. That's true. I read that this is a rubbery figure, but twenty to fifty percent of retail sales for the average kind of um, shop front happen during the festive season. So like that's, that's not for significant. like that's enormous. That's, that's not for like Christmas tree shops, but like you know David Jones or or Myers or whatever. Christmas tree shops would be like ninety. That'd be that'd be nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like your whole. You must sit there sweating, from Just struggling like through February the to November, going, "Oh, it's better be a good you know December." You just I was just not work for the rest of the year. Just turn up on December January. Yeah. Done. Anything else up your sleeve? No. I think I've gone through my, my facts all over. All over. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of uh, facts as well. I think you did about 85% of the legwork in that episode. <laughs> I just I threw them up and you just shot them all down, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Not interested. Lift your game. <laughs> um, so that's probably all we've got. So... Have a good Christmas, everyone, and we will catch you after Christmas. Next year, yeah, 2016. Very big year for What's That About? <laughs> We're hoping to double our listenership to two. That's, that's the plan. <laughs> Ambitious projections, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> it's, I always get confused whether that's a 100% or a 200% increase. I'm not, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm not so good on the maths. That's true. <laughs> it's that's a lot good. anyway. It's a... <laughs> It's a lot, a lot more than what we've got. That's <laughs> too easy. Alrighty, we'll uh, catch you next time. See you guys, and have a merry 
Merry Christmas. Farewell. <laughs> nah, took a risk. Worth a shot. Worth a shot. <laughs>